0: We're gonna continue our uh, the biblical case for the multi-ethnic church. Uh, it'll probably be this week and one more week and then we'll wrap this series up. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed hearing it and uh, hopefully it's helped you grow um, in your understanding of why it's so important for us to be a multi-ethnic church. Uh, today, what we're gonna talk about is the reason why the multi-ethnic church is important is because Jesus gave himself for all of us not just one kind or one, one ethnicity of man, but he, he laid down his life for every man, every ethnicity of man, amen? He died on the cross, he rose from the grave to give eternal life to all who would believe in his name. And we as disciples of Christ, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, we're called to preach that gospel to every ethnicity of man. And so, as the gospel is a message for every ethnicity, and Jesus has laid down his life for every ethnicity, and we want our church to encompass every ethnicity. Amen? Amen. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, familiar verses to most of us, the Lord is speaking. And he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That word saved means to be delivered, to be healed, right? So it's more than Jesus came into the world, more than just to provide us eternal life, but there's healing as we come into relationship with Christ, anybody need healing, and I'm not just talking about physical. It can be relational. It can be emotional. There can be, you know, there's a there's there's this term that's picking up steam, but it, it makes sense. This this whole aspect of trauma that people are dealing with in their lives and it's impacting the way that they make decisions and the way that they move through this life. We need healing on every level. And God so loved you and I, he so loved the creation that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and rise from the grave that we can have eternal life, that we can be saved, that we can be healed, that we can be delivered. And that's for every ethnicity of man. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says of Jesus that says the first man, Adam, became a living being the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Not the second Adam, the last Adam. Because if there's a second Adam, then there could be a third and a fourth and a fifth. But Jesus is the last Adam. The first Adam led us into corruption, into sin, into the chaos that we see in the world because of his sins. The last man, Adam, Jesus... He came to give us life. He came as a life-giving spirit. Amen? Amen. And so as a multi-ethnic church who values people of all skin colors, of all ethnic backgrounds, it's important that we're teaching the gospel, that we're preaching Jesus to everyone that we see. You know, as I look around our sanctuary and I see the different ethnicities represented here, I personally believe that we're better positioned to reach our community than other churches. Because I can tell you as someone who is in what the world labels the minority in this community, sometimes it is uncomfortable to go into a place where you're the only one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't mean that the people in that place are wrong or bad or that they've done anything. It just can be uncomfortable. And so as us, Breakthrough Covenant Church, being a multi-ethnic church, we're in position to better reach our changing community. Because if you have not noticed, it is is changing. The demographic in this community is changing. And that's not going to reverse. That's not going to slow down. That's, that, that's, that's going to continue to go on. And so we need to be in the vein of what the Spirit is doing. So that when people come in here who do not look like the majority of our community, they can say, there's a place for me in that house. I'm valued in that house. We did a um, video a few months ago, and many of you saw it, where we just had different couples and families from the church uh, talking about uh, their experience here at Breakthrough Covenant Church. And I can't remember what couple it was, but but they said, I I felt, I think it was Johanna. She said, "I, I felt valued there. I feel valued at Breakthrough Covenant Church. That's a problem in our our nation now, that people just don't feel valued. Amen? So let's start to dig into this. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 25 through 27. Uh, I'm not going to be long uh, today. Every time I say that, I am going long, but I really believe I'm not going to be long today. Uh, So Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 and 27, it says, husbands, love your wives just just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Let me just pause there for a second and just say that, did you know that marriage, your marriage is designed to It's a mystery designed to reveal something about the relationship between Christ and his church. Marriage is something that God has given us a physical representation of this spiritual relationship that we have with the God of all of creation. You might say, well, man, 50% of marriages, 52% I believe now of marriages are ending in divorce. I didn't say it's a perfect representation. I'm just saying it is a representation. And what it is supposed to be, it's a reflection of how we are to function in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 32 of this chapter says it's it's a great mystery. Right? Verse 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So Christ, he he loved the church so much that he gave himself, that it it no longer became about him, but, but, but it's about all of us. It's about mankind. That's, that's why he went to the cross. And though there were some difficult times that the Bible reveals to us in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he still said, Father, let yet not my will but your will be done. He went to the cross because it's God's desire, it's Jesus's desire that everyone be saved. And we can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough right? Some of you are going to try. I'm going to try. It's a losing battle. But we can't be good enough to earn righteousness and salvation. And so Jesus had to give up himself. And in him giving up himself, as we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he washes us with the water of his word. Struggling with sin? Get in the word struggling with, with, with demonic thoughts, get in the word. And, and let me help you understand when I say demonic thoughts. A demonic thought can be, I'm not good enough. That's what the devil would like you to, be, to believe. Right. Right. Demonic thought doesn't have to be something super crazy. It can just, it's anything that is outside of what God has declared about you. We got a whole generation. My wife and I was talking about this while we were driving to go see Josiah about how this this younger generation is just full of anxiety and fear. That's not of the Lord. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer and supplication, right? Be anxious for nothing. So if there's anxiety in our lives, we need to get in the word. And when when that situation comes up, that starts to starts to stir up anxiety, starts to stir up fear and worry. Then what does God's word say? And let that be a calming influence. Amen. Amen. So he washes us with the water of his word so that we might be what? Holy and without blemish. Holy means to be set apart to God's use. Did you know that the Lord desires to use you? Not the person next to you, but you. And some of us have disqualified ourselves some of us have said it's it's too late for me because of my age or because of some mistake that I had or because you know something's not working out in my life. It it that's a lie from the pit of hell. God's desire is that you and I, who call on the name of His Son Jesus Christ, be holy. Holy doesn't mean perfect. It means set apart. It means dedicated to God. It means that we're like Isaiah when he saw Jesus high and lifted up or saw God high and lifted up in the temple. He says, use me, Lord. I will go for you. That's a holy mindset. Jesus Christ gave of his life. He gave himself so that you and I can be used of the Father. And not just that, that we can also be without blemish. That doesn't mean perfect. It means faultless. Well, isn't that perfection? No. Faultless means that when God looks at us, he sees no fault in us because we're covered by the blood of Jesus. That the righteousness that is on Jesus gets accredited to our account because of our faith in him. I think it's the prophet uh, Zechariah who sees a vision of the heavenly courts and the high priest Joshua is standing there and the accuser is accusing him before God. And the accusations are accurate. And the Lord just shuts off the accusations. He says, enough. He says, put a new turban on his head, put new robes on him because God has just declared him righteous. And and what is that? That is a of what we receive. It's not that we've been perfect. It's not that we are without sin. It's that we've placed our faith in Christ, and we become faultless because He is perfect. Amen? Amen. Amen. What does this have to to do with the multi-ethnic church? Well, these promises apply to everyone. These promises apply to everyone who calls on him, right? right. You hear a lot. Well, we're all children of God. Uh, Yeah, I guess we're all made in his image and likeness. So I guess, yeah, we're all children of God, but I'm a son. You should actually do a study. We don't have time to go into that, but you should do a study of that in the scripture, you know, about what it means, that, that whole sonship concept. I love being a child, but I love being a son of God even more. Amen? Amen? And so Christ gave himself for us. So we should set our heart and our lives, or we should dedicate our lives to preaching the gospel to every man. That's why we do mission work. That's why we have this breakfast on Wednesday morning. That's why we have an outreach ministry. But let me say this, church. It doesn't have to be through the church through which you preach the gospel to others. You're in Walmart every week, probably. If not Walmart, Pick and Save, or some other place. You're going out to eat with your family. You're driving in your car. You're living life. As you're living life, just be open to to God revealing to you those who need to hear the gospel. And don't have this mindset that those people... They're they're outside of God's reach. No one is outside of his reach. And I know we would never say that. But we will operate like that. With our Muslim co-worker. Wow, I'm not even going to bother. Right? Am I right or wrong? It's real. Okay. But Jesus gave himself for all of us to be saved. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 18. It says, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. This is talking about Jesus and that his righteous acts provided this free gift of salvation to all men. All we have to do is respond to that, and we will be, de- be declared just in the sight of God. And when we're declared just in the sight of God, then we truly find life. We truly find what it means to be alive. We think of eternal life starting once we die, but eternal life starts at that moment that we accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And it just gets better from there on. Ultimately, we'll receive a whole new body that doesn't even desire sin, doesn't even desire those things that offend God. But until then, we can experience eternal life in this life. And as we grow in righteousness, as we grow in holiness, as we grow in our ability to reflect the character of Jesus Christ, because that's who we're supposed to be, a reflection of our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? And so the free gift of salvation comes to all men who accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're declared just and receive life, eternal life at that moment. And so by one man's obedience, many will be made right, will be made righteous in the sight of God. Amen. And that is without prejudice. Amen. We were talking to uh, Mark and Michelle, who once again are our uh, mission partners in Turkey. And um So the Turks and um, the Syrians, they're Syrian refugees in Turkey. And and it's, even though they're they're all from like the the Middle East, they're very different culturally and in, in, in a variety of different ways. They're very, very different. And we're just talking kind of about how there's, because of those cultural differences, there's a lot of conflict that happens between them. And we start to talk about how that is reflected here in America. And Michelle Moore was saying to me, and I think this is sad. She was saying to me, a church can support, or a pastor can give vision to support children who have been rescued out of sex trafficking and and money will flow in. But the minute you start talking about raising money to help refugees, things kind of stop. And she, her and I were talking about that, like, why is that the case? And and one of the things I said is, I I think when people hear the word refugee, they start to think that these people are coming in to take something from us. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. Some of the stuff that we've heard, not just in the world, in the church, Mm -hmm. about the situation on our borders. And I'm not saying everything that's going on there is righteous, but I am saying at the end of all this political stuff and, and nationality stuff, there's, there's people there. And I know there's bad people who get in and this, that, and the other, but there's people there that God loves. And just because their, their situation isn't comfortable to my political views and my national patriotism doesn't mean I need to forget that there's still people there that Jesus loves and that are worthy of hearing the gospel, and that are worthy of receiving the love of God through me. Amen? Amen. We can just get to this place where it's like we we get caught up in everything else other than the fact that I'm really not here as an American or a black man or even a pastor. I'm here as a disciple of Christ to do his will to express the love of Christ, to hurting people, because he went to the cross and died and rose from the grave for them. Let me say it this way, for them too. (laughs) Because sometimes we just, for us, you know, we think about our immediate circle. And so through Jesus's obedience, many will be made righteous. The question is, will we preach the gospel to many? The question is, will we give many an opportunity to be made righteous in Christ by preaching the gospel to them, or will we keep it to ourselves and those who look like us, those who have the same political views as us, right? We've just become so divided in this nation, it's sad. It doesn't even make me angry anymore. It, it makes me sad for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because we, that carries into our ministering. Amen. Amen. I've heard Christian people that have a strong walk with the Lord say those people can't be saved and they're basing that based off of their side of some moral or political issue. It's like, well, they deserve to hear the gospel. I mean, if people felt like that with me, I mean, I know what I was mixed up in. I know what I was mixed up in. If he can't be saved, I wouldn't be standing here today. Thank God someone told me about Jesus Christ. Thank God someone loved me enough to tell me to preach about how I was living was wrong. And the spirit moved upon those words to, to convict me in my heart so that I could get saved. Let's not let our nation that is divided on all these political issues keep us from preaching the gospel to everybody because through Jesus's obedience, many have the opportunity to be made right in the sight of God. And I just have committed to not holding that message of the gospel with prejudice. I'm not going to speak it to these people over here. No, all men need to hear it all women, all children need to hear the gospel message. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but sometimes the choir needs to be preached to, right? I'm serious. As I'm looking at this, I'm looking, here's what you should do when you're hearing the word is let the word be a mirror. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other or have a hard heart. Well, that, that doesn't apply to me. As I'm preparing this stuff, as God is showing me this, I'm saying, Lord, is, is that me? Am I holding it with prejudice? Right? Am I truly all in on this whole multi-ethnic church thing? Right? Because all of us have blind spots. But thankfully, Jesus can see it all. The Spirit of God sees it all, and he can reveal to us where those blind spots are. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Can I just stop there for a second? Condemnation means guilty sentence. There's no guilty sentence for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk according, who who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I was having a conversation with one of our young people today and just talking about how this is something I just don't understand about the younger generation. and, And maybe it's not just the younger generation, but they're struggling with all kinds of stuff right? And, and listen, it is different for them. We didn't have social media when I was growing up. If you were getting bullied at school, you could get away from it when you got home. But for these kids, it's, it's different. And when I'm saying kids, you could be adults, but you're, I'm 46, so I feel I can call you kids if you're in your 20s. So don't be <laughs> offended by me. But for them, it's different. They've got everyone showing their life highlights So when they're looking at someone's highlights on social media and they're in a down place, they feel like a total loser. It's different for them. And we as the older generation have to start to have greater levels of compassion. But what you need to do, younger generations, you need to start listening to us older folks. Because you don't know it all. You think you do, you don't. And one of the things I was talking to this young person about you know, just today is the music. And I'm saying, how, how is it that our Christian young people are listening to this absolute garbage that is called music in this day and age? It was garbage when I was your age too, right? It's not like that was wholesome music and what you're listening to is it now. It was garbage when I was young too. But when I got saved, the Lord said, get rid of all of it. I didn't understand why. I just knew the Lord told me, get rid of it. And doc, if I kept listening to it, I would be in sin because God told me to get rid of it. But here's what's going on with our young people is they love God and they want more of God and they're frustrated because they're not getting it. But I'm telling you, part of the problem is the music you're listening to. What's this have to do with anything? Well, we're talking about not walking in the flesh, but walking in the spirit. You can't walk in the spirit if all day long you're getting a demonic message about sex, violence, drugs, uh, idolatry, selfishness. Look at me. Look how good I am. And then you try to read your word. You can't understand it. It's because you're under a spell. I'm just telling you. You're under a spell. You can come into a worship service and the worship can be powerful and you don't feel anything. Man, what's wrong with these old people? The young people making connections. Look at these. No, it's that y'all are, are bound by the music. By the social media stuff. All this stuff, your, your lives revolve around feeding the flesh. And it's not just young people, but 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 I'm talking to you today. Your lives revolve around feeding the flesh. How can you walk in the Spirit? The truth is you can't. Let's read it again. Romans 1 verse 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're saved and you're listening to that, I ain't condemning you. But I am trying to help you. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. I cannot walk in the Spirit. And all day long indulge my flesh. I'm going to live a frustrated Christian life. Amen. And at the end of the day, I might decide to just walk away. Because that that just, I tried that and that doesn't work. Turn the music off. I'm serious. I guarantee you'll find some peace. Amen. For all... all Young or old, if you listen to a bunch of secular music, try turning it off for a week. Just go on a music fast for a week. Replace secular music with praise and worship music. And I guarantee you, you will notice a difference. Because you're walking in the Spirit. You're no longer feeding your flesh. And the flesh can never be satisfied. let me keep reading. Verse 2. For the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. What is that saying? The life that we receive as we, when we accept Christ sets us free from this law of death that is in the world. Oh, we will die, but we'll live again. Right? Right? We will die, but we will live again. Death no longer has a hold on us once we accept Christ, once we walk in the Spirit. Death no longer is a part of our appetite. You might be thinking, why, why would anyone have a, an appetite for death? Well, when, when you have an appetite for pornography, that's an appetite for death. When you have an appetite for alcohol, excessive alcohol, that's an appetite for death. Right. When you have an appetite for violence or jealousy or bitterness or unforget, all of those things are, are appetites for death because it's sin and sin leads to death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, which means strong hatred. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And one of the things of the Spirit that we can set our mind on is, I want to see every nation of man saved. While Stacey and I were in Florida, we're walking on the beach, right? And you know, you see shells and body parts of crabs and all kind of other. I think I almost stepped on a jellyfish, right? I was like walking, and thankfully I saw it, and it was like, "Ooh, that would have hurt." Um, but but as but as I as I look at that, and you know, we had like this dinner on the beach and they were talking about there's a certain time of the year where the turtles come and they lay their eggs and then they mark those spots and you know the turtles when they the eggs hatch and they're they're starting to go out to sea the seagulls will come down and start picking them off. And Pastor Hayes was telling us there's like a group of people and he said it's like a religion for them. They'll go out there when these when these turtles hatch and they're like helping them get to the sea. They're shooing the birds away and all that other kind of stuff and he said there's a guy uh, who is like, you, you can't possibly help all these turtles. And it's like, yeah, but I can make a difference for that one. Right? And that's the way we need to look at preaching the gospel. We can't, you, Chris, Angela, can't save the whole world, but you can save who you save through preaching the gospel. Right? Carlos, Sarah, you can't save everybody, but you can save who you save by preaching the gospel. Don, Jane, doesn't matter. We, we're not going to, I am not going to be able to save the whole world, but I can save who I can save as I preach the gospel to all ethnicities of men. Because Jesus Christ lived and died on that cross to pay the price for all of our sins. And he rose from the grave so that we all can have an opportunity to live and receive eternal life. Will we, Megan, preach the gospel? Amen? Amen. I'll close out with one more verse. I told you I wasn't going to be long today. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, For the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, where it says He's long suffering towards us, it means in in terms of us receiving His message. But I want to also give another application for this, that God's long suffering is His long suffering. The specific context here is about receiving the message of salvation, and more specifically, the Jews receiving the message of salvation. But it can apply to us from this standpoint. Maybe you haven't been faithful in preaching the gospel. Or maybe you have only preached the gospel to people who look like you. But God's long-suffering, and you still have breath in your body, and there's still blood going through your veins. You're still alive, so you have an opportunity today to start to get it right. Because we serve a long-suffering God, and He, His desire is that no man shall perish. That's why it blows my mind when people say, "Well, if God's so good, why is He sending people to hell?" I said, He doesn't. People choose to go there. Who? No one would ever choose to go there. I, They shouldn't, but they do. How can you say that? Well, because he's provided a way for them not to go. His son, Jesus Christ, who gave of himself for all mankind. But they want to find another way. And there is no other way. And so they're choosing to go. It's not God's desire. We just, we just read it. But his long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if I know that's God's will, and I set my heart on preaching the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection leading to eternal life, I can know without a shadow of a doubt that God is with me when I go to preach that message. Doesn't mean everyone you preach it to is going to get saved, right? It's like the young guy who used to be, <laughs> be in our church a few years ago, and he's, he, he he felt he had a prophetic calling on his life, and, and this he he told me he, he's going to be the greatest prophet ever. It's like, oh wow, you're you're 14. That's I hope you're ready for that because if you read in the scripture those great prophets didn't have the easiest lives. Well God showed me when I preach the gospel everyone is going to get saved. What do you mean everyone? Every person who hears me preach the gospel is going to get saved. So let me me just kind of temper your expectations because that's that was not the Lord. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. I said, just think about it. If when you preach the gospel, every person gets saved, that means you're better than Jesus, than Paul, than than Peter, than Stephen. You just go down the line. That's what God showed. Okay. All right. forgot why I was telling that. (laughs) I was going somewhere. (laughs) I guess I'll just say this. We got to preach the gospel to every ethnicity of man. That's where I was going. And some are not going to receive it, even though Jesus is with us, even though Jesus has called us. Thank you, Lord. Some are not going to receive it. But it doesn't mean we stop. My friend Joe Butler, I love it. He said, I don't know if he originated this, but it's where I heard it from, so I give him credit. Don't let the victories go to your head and don't let the losses go to your heart. Right? So don't get all prideful because you led someone to Christ and don't give up on preaching the gospel because people reject you. Because Jesus is with you it's not his desire that any should perish but that all shall come to repentance and the cool thing you can say when you preach the gospel to someone who doesn't look like you and they ask you because they will because they've asked me will I be welcome at Breakthrough Covenant Church well yeah why, why wouldn't you be this is what they say to me because I'm not black and well, neither is a bunch of other people in our church. My wife's not black and she loves it there, I hope. Right? But when you have those victories and people accept Christ, you can invite them to a place that has people that looks like you, that are valued like they are valued, like they will be valued. Amen gospel is a multi-ethnic message, and the church should be a multi-ethnic place where we all can be valued, discipled, plugged into our purpose. Let that be who we are as Breakthrough Covenant Church. Amen? Amen. Father, we...